Hi there, folks. This is Tavin Allen of the TVA Podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. But, you know, sometimes uh, as we're recording this, we sort of get lost in the moment, kind of get carried away, and sometimes we have language that uh, makes it not good for work or the family. So we apologize for that. This may be one of those episodes. Like, who knows? We might say the word, I don't know, c***er, or uh, mother uh, eater uh, tang alley uh, We might even say, I'm going to suck my c*** right up your f***ing c***, and Jews all over Something like that. Hello, folks, and welcome to the TVA Podcast. I'm your host, Tavanel. We're here with episode 154. Uh, Darcy taking a break from announcing this. Darcy, how are you? That was great, Jay. Did you like that? Now, let me go back to the number of the episode. I believe it was 154. And uh, how better to celebrate uh, this great episode than the it is. Terry Clement is here. There we go. Yes, that's. I'm not going to applaud that way. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here. Yes. It's very. You, you look very keen to be here. I like that. Well, I'm always keen yes. to be anywhere, actually. It's better than fucking <laughs> death, isn't it, Todd? It, <laughs> or Brampton, which is Brampton, where you came yeah, yeah, from. Well. You, okay, so how long did it take you to drive in today? Because we're in the middle of the Busker Festival. Yeah, well, it's, about yeah. A, it's only really about a 25 to 30 minute uh, drive usually, but it's about 45 minutes if it's all shitty like mm-hmm. it is, which yeah. I think. It's not too bad. I live kind of near a highway, so. Okay. Sipping it out. By the 410? Oh yes! Oh, very nice. Oh yes! I used to live. I used to live in Brampton actually, uh, like years ago, like ages three through ten. Ah, so you were there before so. the the gang crime, before the gang crime, <laughs> the wave uh, of gang violence. And- that was that was that. Uh, my parents said, "Well, do we want him going to that school?" Uh, no. Yeah. I don't even know what school that would have been, Kelso or something. Oh, there's a bunch. And then uh, or Centennial, I think it might have been. <laughs> and just you know, for the love of uh, me not going to Centennial. They moved again in Aqua, Ontario. So that's what took you out to Brampton. Like, why'd you choose to move there? I lived there my entire uh, entire life. Actually, really? I lived in one building for the first thirty three years okay. of my existence in different various apartments within the building. <laughs> but like my parents Just felt like moving. It's fucked. It's a fucked weird thing. But like my parents, uh, when I was born, we moved on to the eighth floor. Right. Then I needed my own room. Moved to the seventh. My parents separated me. My mom moved to the first. And my, your dad was still on the seventh. Yeah, then he moved away. Oh, okay. Then my dad. So he, uh, he saw the light of the end of the tunnel and went, fuck, I can actually leave this building? Okay, Yeah, but ahead. he That's... just moved to a building down the fucking street, which is even more <laughs> hilarious, like a walking distance building. Right. Uh, so then, yeah, my mom croaked, and then uh, Cheryl and her uh, brother moved in with me. And then when Cheryl's brother needed his own place, he moved to the fifth floor, and Cheryl and I moved up to the eighth. So I went from eight to seven, the first, back to eight. And then thirty. So when's the next later. move coming? Is the, like, well, then you, we moved out. We actually moved out of there and into a what is really actually a seniors' residence. And a boy, we're pretty much the only young people. Look at you being spry in the neighborhood. In yeah. <laughs> so what do you do? Is like a hip replacement Sundays? Is it well, the, it's fantastic. Old, you know, having you like old the, neighbors you like are wonderful. Is that, a, is that how <laughs> it goes? Like what? What? How do you pass your time with the residents? I don't actually. I pretty much stay to myself. I don't really associate <laughs> with anybody. Like that's the beauty of. That like, sounds like my building. Right. Uh, very old tenants, and uh, nobody speaks to each other. Is he okay? It's beautiful. So my building, like you, like there are some friends, people. Like it, it really runs a gamut. Like, it, like I've I've been to your place, and you're right. It it the average age is dead and um, stinky and stinky. Mm. Uh, the by the way, best move you ever made of your life was moving out of the first floor into the second floor. That's right. Because the lady next door had some issues. We'll, we'll go back and listen to it if you want, folks. But um, in in my building, it's like a weird mix of senior citizens, young hipsters. Uh, students who are like renting, uh, dog and cat owners in the multiple. An awful lot of dog owners. A lot of dog owners. Crazy. There's Well, it's King West. If you don't have a kid, if you're not pushing a stroller, you better be having having like have a really a leash. tight leash in your uh, in your hand. Or put the baby on the leash, actually. Kill two birds, one stone. Right there. Put the so, baby on the dog. <laughs> on the dog. So, uh, so, how's, so how long have you been in the senior's residence? Well, we just moved there in, uh, in April. Okay. And it's so this is new then. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I, was, I, was, I planned on staying in at least in that area mm-hmm. uh, pretty much indefinitely as long as I possibly could uh, out of the gimmick. I thought it was absolutely hilarious that I was living there. But then eventually right. a guy who was selling crack moved into the building right. and that killed it. And literally within about a month it was just swarming with – different junkies and people looking for stuff and right so that's it you'll you'll take literally you'll take night of the living dead if it's you know seniors over mm-hmm. night of the living dead junkies yes you know because seniors you got a fighting chance against right if they <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. you could actually clean them out you don't need to worry about them biting you seniors if they're going to steal any of your property are going to do it in a very slow manner yeah you can you catch can, them usually <laughs> you can, yeah exactly hey where are you going with it? i'll get you in 10 minutes i'd like this part of cheers right. um 
So, okay. <laughs> so you're preferring zombie with a walker over zombie with a, a Mac 10 or something? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think if you're going to arm them, arm them with walkers. <laughs> because then at least you still have a barrier, and they probably still have this thing about uh, you know being able to <laughs> not use it as a weapon because they're zombies you know by the way if i could mm. if i could uh, jete off of this onto a, a zombie tangent i uh one of the topics i got sent this week uh by the by the bob fm team to to write up some jokes about was the fact that there's a canadian team actually getting like a, like a university team getting money to research zombie attacks mm-hmm. they actually got government grants to research <laughs> zombie attacks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Now, okay, on the face of it, it sounds like it's really kind of stupid and knobby, but like what they did is they took as the universe the, the actual zombie infection and that sort of thing and are looking to use it for a description or a model of infection rates of various diseases across the right. so, so so when, as soon, But as soon as you hear, like I could just hear my parents going, what? Zombie research? Well, all well, the thing. I hate the liberals. And no. <laughs> <laughs> fucking zombies they come to this country what do they expect <laughs> so what so uh you literally i get the feeling you would have stayed in that one apartment as long as you could have yeah because yeah. i know you, i know you're very particular about like you like you like familiar surroundings oh yes yes yeah. I, very much so very much so. which must make touring for you hellish yeah well i've had yeah. uh you know, i've had obsessive compulsive disorder for my entire fucking life pretty much right <laughs> so it's one of these things where yeah i'm very particular about things right. and uh, yeah touring is like Touring's crazy, but uh-huh. the thing is, is that having OCD has maybe kept me a bit safer on the road than it would if I hadn't been. Like, being very germ-phobic and all the rest of it has made, you know, my hotel stays better. Right. I, I clean shit in my hotel room. Really? I don't get as sick as often. You know, no one ever thinks about cleaning their phones or any of that stuff, but I do. So you go in with, like, the like the oh, I clean my room, the, yeah. Yeah. But we even should, then, you're not... We're, you're, we're getting hints now, but uh, we're, like, five and a half minutes in so far. And we've learned you're from Brampton and that you go on tour, but we haven't really given you any of your credits of what you what you do, who you are. <laughs> what are you saying, Darcy? Oh, I'm sorry. People who downloaded this off the internet apparently don't have Google. I'm um, saying this is one of the reasons why we have such a niche audience of other comedians of who other live com- in Toronto <laughs> yes. who know everybody who's on the well, show. Well, you see, I was hoping to expand the listenership by not mentioning that. Thank you, Darcy. Oh, you see, just let them figure out by minute 36 when they've already invested that point. They've gotten past the point of no return and go, well, you know what? I'm in for the haul now. I'm alone on this. That's yeah. fine. Okay, that's that's completely fine. So no, you're a you're a traveling comic. Yes, as uh, as a good chunk are. So when you when you go on tour, let's talk about this for a bit because um, we can go into where I'm going soon because you've done a lot of these rooms, so we can figure that out. But like, do you, like when you go on the tour because you like those familiar, well, like what's the list of things that you take to make yourself feel at home? What are your comfort spots? Oh, nothing really, because uh, it's not going to work. The, the only. <laughs> Xanax. So you, just, you just go in and go. This I'm doomed. Off the right. Game. There's, okay. there's Xanax, and then I find the first pot dealer in town. Right. And these are the two creature comforts that I'll have on tour, um, <laughs> if anything. And other than that, that's pretty much it. It's just trying to get to you know food that you can trust, mm-hmm. and uh, that's it. What? Okay. So what do you consider food that you can trust? Well, that's an odd thing because with uh, my my opinion changes. Mm-hmm. But I've always heard, and this has kind of kept me safe, uh, at least to a certain degree, that if you stay to the worst stuff that you think is worse for you, the chain type of places mm-hmm. like McDonald's right. and Burger King and all this, that you, the chances of catching like getting salmonella or something is very small mm-hmm. because the, the cases are actually very small in those in the real big fast right. food places. As far as like, you know, compared to the volume, right? Like, right, because they right. can't. Billions eat. and billions served right. and only five died. Right. <laughs> they can't take a loss. Right. The, the simple fact is like McDonald's can't take a huge lawsuit. It'll you know, to really hurt them. Right. But a mom and pop shop, they try to get rid of their shit sometimes, you know. At least that's the theory. Now, yeah. does anybody really get sick from eating in mom and pop shops? Probably not. No. But my stupid little OCD brain read that somewhere. Right. And so that's what I do on the road. So is that the, is that the thing about you? Like, is it is it the, the, the reading of something or some sort of research and then your mind just goes, oh, don't touch that, don't do that? Like, is that the big... Like I like I don't picture you as like the uh, desk will always have the pen. No, yeah, the I am. Paper. Oh, you're like Sometimes. that too. Okay, oh, but only on you occasion. Are a mess. Only That's on occasion. <laughs> only on occasion. It'll change and, and morph. Right. You know? And you know when it's happening and all this. It's the beautiful part of having 
OCD, as you know, you, you recognize it's crazy as right. shit. You know it's crazy, but you can't but stop from doing it. Everyone has those things. Like whether you just want to call it a ritual right. or a thing like, like like for me, like when I'm at Absolute or something like that, my thing is I like to go on stage with like one of their plastic glasses with ice water in it, <laughs> and I put a lemon wedge in it. And it was originally just for the fact that I that way I could determine which of the 18 glasses that were in the green room was mine. Mine's the one with the lemon wedge in it. Right. That was it. And it just sort of morphed and morphed. And now I'm like, every time I go there, I'm like, uh, I'm about to go on stage. Could I have a glass of water? And I'll, I'll put in the lemon wedge. You know, right, that's right. that's my own thing. See, uh, the thing is that, that you can have superstition. That's one point. But when mm-hmm. you get to like, with me, I'd get to a point where if I say I'd have to knock on the table three times. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't, in my mind, you might say get cancer. <laughs> so now I can't fuck with that's that. That's the cure? That's because awesome. That'd be great. <laughs> but you see, now you say to yourself, well, just don't knock on the table, idiot. Right. Well, if it... That it's so simple, but I'm thinking in my head, maybe if I don't, it might hurt you. Right. So then I feel like I have to do it. And that's where OCD can get you. It'll actually work on your so it's, feelings it, for other people. It's a it's, fucking crazy It's more disease. a connection of consequence, this sounds like. Yeah. It's, it's like very much like the, okay, this cause has this effect. you got to stop watching the butterfly effect because not only yeah. is it a crappy Ashton Kutcher movie, <laughs> it's really doing you a disservice. Um, I, I got the, yeah, but everyone's got those things. Again, like I do go you back think to about, uh, about locking up? What do you mean locking up? Like because you, you travel a lot. Like I, yeah, I'll, I'll lock my door, right, and I'll actually leave my apartment, go outside, and I'll have to return. Oh. Sometimes I've done it like two or three times because I, I think about it, and right. when I think about it, I've crossed it off my list, right. And then it's like, okay, did I really do it, or I just thought I did it? And because I have done that once or twice uh-huh. and not locked it, now I just. I it could to, be a see, flicker. It's it, it could be. I, I I don't have a problem with my apartment because I've got like for whatever reason. Thank God they always have that. You have to lock it with your key, so that as I'm walking to the elevator with it with the key in my hand, about to shove it into my pocket, I go. Well, I obviously used it. It wouldn't be out if I didn't. So I know I did. What I have been doing lately is the car locks. Because okay. I have been sitting there. I've gotten to the point now because it's manual. I don't have the like it's an old, it's a ninety eight ninety nine Corolla. There's nothing electronic on that thing, you know. So, you know, you know, the battery, like the the radio, I have to wind up. Like it's horrible. Um, All right, stop bragging here. But I it, not not your to, career stake. Yeah, three three hundred. <laughs> it just rolled three hundred forty thousand clicks on it. This is nice. how wonderful my vehicle is. But I go. I'll be walking out of the out of the parking space in my apartment, and I'll go. I'll be literally to the door. I go. Shit, did I? And then I gotta go all the way back. And I go. I've gotten to the point now where I count. I look around the car and I count at all the locks that are down. I go one, two, three, click, four. And I've heard myself say four. Four is in my head. I've done it. And I even still have that battle as I'm like three quarters away. That Did you say four? Yes, you said four. So that's why I get hung up on the episode numbers, Darcy. It's a little thing, all right? <laughs> oh, my Jesus wife, Christ. My wife will make me, like, she'll remind me. She'll say, watch yourself lock the door. Right. And then she'll say, I saw you lock the door. Right. Because we've actually I'm on the way to the airport and had to turn around because mm-hmm. I thought like the door was actually not unlocked, but wide, wide open, open in my mind. <laughs> but there's no way your door could be wide open. It's on like one of those things. So like it's uh, no, I don't actually have a spring. Oh, you don't no. now? Oh shit, you're fucked. I never did. No, I, <laughs> I thought you did. I thought no. you had it on the, the doors in the hallways did. Oh okay. moving around that's the building, that's what you noticed, yeah. Well word on the street is psilocybin. Uh uh-huh. active ingredient magic mushrooms, mushrooms uh can put O C D into remission. Really? If, yes. Currently, as How reported on Wikipedia. Been? Well, here's the, the funny part is that uh, I had a bad trip about two years ago, mm-hmm. and I stopped. I've never touched them since. And I used to touch them I, about three times a year I take them. I loved them. Right. Um, and so now I'm sitting here, whenever my OCD flares now, I'm sitting here going, I wonder if it was just, you know, all these years I was taking psilocybin mm-hmm. and treating it and not knowing it. Really? Maybe that's. Did you, never you notice? Do you think back to those times and go? Oh yeah, no, I never. It never got worse. It always got worse after I stopped taking mushrooms. Right. But whether or not that had anything, I would never want to say that it did. Right. You know, it's just a weird <laughs> thing that that's. Spur- you, you need a lab coat and a clipboard for that sort of statement. Right. It's like I just done my research. But if they want to do research on me on uh, right. the effects of OCD and psilocybin, if yeah. any doctor is listening to this, I would be more than welcome to be a test subject. We're looking at you, medical community. Come on, I've- step up. <laughs> um, I you know I've never done mushrooms. I've never done mushrooms. I've only ever like my only reference to it is like really bad sort of drug movies where people try to just like you what like what is the trip? What is the trip that that it gives you? Well, have it, you done mushroom stars? No. Oh, okay. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? You don't even like them on your pizza? What the hell? I don't is know. It? I have a hard time living in my brain unaltered. Okay. So 
One of the, I'll take, <laughs> give an example of a mushroom trip, how mushrooms can affect you in just All the right. slightest way, in a positive way. Mm-hmm. It was my cat when he was really, really old. He was just an old cat, but he's still your cat, and you're playing with him. He's fine. You didn't get mushrooms. And then I took shrooms. Okay. And when I went into the room, I could see him, and I could tell by looking at him that he was very old but like it was okay i could sense his oldness and he was an old man he was all right with it i was all right with it and you would never get there it's that's the only way i can describe it you'd never get that sensation without the shrooms right it's not a sober it's like an insight you would not get and it was truthful Uh uh-huh so so is it it's your body just taking the perception of what you have and just anchoring it in a yeah, I don't go for detail. any of this really crazy spiritual you know, no, 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 hopping on no. parallels of dimensions. I'm, I'm going the I'm going the opposite way. Right. I'm going like, okay, so what is your brain doing in the reaction to the, it makes the chemical? Think. It makes you think more. Like that's insight. That's why I find with weed. I like people mm-hmm. ask me, it's like, do you do weed? And I go, not well. I just I don't. Some people do. I always say yeah. there's McCartney. There's different kinds of weed uh, potheads out there. Right. And there's the Paul McCartney type pothead that smokes and is motivated and right. gets to work and then there's the other kind of pothead that smokes and stares at a wall and yeah. vegetates right. and they may have just as good a time but i'm a mccartney pothead so it doesn't interfere right. with any of my work i don't know what kind of a pothead i am i know that uh I, it slows me down and makes me overthink yeah well i mean like that's really like like that that's my thing the, the best pod story i've ever had was I, I was in someone's apartment and i wasn't familiar with the place and so in my head as i'm stoned off my ass we're about to go to a bar, and I'm like, okay, uh, I have to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And in my head, I was going down this maze of corridors, and apparently it was just like a straight hallway. But it seemed <laughs> to me like I was going left, and there was no lights. It was completely dark. And so I'm fumbling around. I can't, I'm can't. i looking eight times for the light switch in the bathroom, and I can't find it. And I'm like twisting the bottom of the lamp as I feel around the wall for it, and I can't find it. I finally find it somewhere. I don't even remember where it was. And as I'm locking the doorknob, I knew it was kind of like kind of old and kind of rattly and I knew it was jamming a little bit I went this is gonna cost me I knew right now it's like okay this is my perception I'm gonna have troubles with this in a second and then I I, I go and I had I guess button fly jeans and the one of the, the top button blew off so I'm like <laughs> oh this isn't good either you know oh, so yeah, great weed man <laughs> no I it, wish it, I had experience physically like this. <laughs> it physically dropped off so now I'm going through their their drawers trying to find a safety pin because I can't the, the, the pants won't stay up now and so I'm and I can hear my friends outside going where's Todd and I go fuck I've been in here for like an hour and a half you know it's like <laughs> and so I'm, I'm I, I finally muddle through and then I face the the doorknob and sure enough it ain't moving him like jiggle you know jiggle unlock jiggle nothing's happening finally break out finally feel my way out from what i feel is the labyrinth again straight hallway apparently and i come outside and they go todd what happened to you you were gone three minutes <laughs> i was like mm. what is it about that drug that just makes that happen time dilation so fun like that's was- a that's a oldie but a goodie there that uh well, have I done that one before? Uh, it's about the third time I think that's been really. Told. But you got a lot more details in it. Well, you see, that's and a lot what more I hand gestures. I try, I try and bring no which one's works for the Great Live Podcast. Well, no, we well, have an audience we have member. An audience member. <laughs> we, have, we have one. We have a fifty percent of the Kevin Brosh audience right here. Yep. Not the same people. Sorry, isn't is, you know you know new audience. Um, but that's you know, that. That was I see. I try to oversell it. You know, see, I would do. I would test myself. And this is true. I mean, I'm dead sober right now, yes. and at some point before having a nice Coca Cola. Yeah, and before now in the show i will smoke a joint probably and you will never you won't be able to tell any difference between me sober or stone right. my eyes don't even seem to get red mm-hmm. i i don't uh, there seems to be no impairment mm-hmm. physically at all like playing like he, but you know i still don't drive when i smoke right um, that's wise of, just no but out of the basic principle i know they haven't there really isn't any kind of real hard proof about impairment like mm-hmm. motor skill impairment but it's kind of like how there wasn't really any hard proof about secondhand smoke for a long time it's right. like you kind of knew that even though they didn't have the hard proof you yeah. kind of knew it was there and it's kind of like well for some people they might be fucked up when they smoke right maybe if you're chronic mm-hmm. it doesn't affect your motor skills maybe that's why i'm not affected i started smoking like when i started smoking it was like pretty much right out the bat i was just Chronic good. Right <laughs> oh, this is great! Bang. This is fantastic. This is I gotta have this from day. my life. Yes. Right. Speaking of chronic, guess who came to my hometown? Guess who performed in my hometown again in Aquay, Ontario? 
Would this be the Snoop Dogg concert? This would be the Smoop. Sm- and nobody Smoop came. Dog. No one Smoop. thought that he was going to be Not there. Not Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg, actually. Well, if they read the Anakwe Reporter, they would have had a two-week buildup, actually. But you know what? It people couldn't... Fun. I read this in the newspaper today right. or something. They were talking about summer festivals and how yes. they were going down the, the shitter or something. Yeah. And they're talking about Snoop Dogg and uh-huh. that they, they didn't get the same kind of audience they thought they were going to get. And largely because they just think people did not believe right. in any way that Snoop Dogg was yeah. going to show up on a farm festival. Yeah. And he did. He did. It was. And they had like Akon there yeah. and uh, like a couple but like a couple other, like Simple Plan, I think was there. But try and keep them away from a festival in Canada. Let's be fair. <laughs> yeah, right. um, but that was that was the thing. I mean, I I was walking down King Street uh, the other day, and I just saw actually a poster for it. So it's like Snoop Dogg, and they list like all the acts. Like wow, and then says, says at the bottom, Gananoque, Ontario, which is where I wondered where half the people in Toronto thought. So is that on the island, Toronto Island? Is that where that is? Or like right. where is it? three hours? What? And like yeah. That's that's what yep. you got to. But I was with them. It's like, oh, so like here's the backstory on that. Actually, very quickly, uh, Festival of the Islands used to be like uh, this big thing they used to have downtown in Gananoque, down by the waterfront, and they ran into economic problems. You know, they just weren't having like the the, the money turnover coming in they want to. They ended up being in the hole quite a bit. And so they stopped. And so one of the organizers rebranded and I guess decided we'll take it in a new direction. So what is a new direction from Rod Stewart cover artists? Um, <laughs> the odd uh, visit by Blue Rodeo and perhaps the Sky Diggers. How about Snoop Dogg? Boom. That's new. Gananoque finally got a black man. Look at that. <laughs> right. There it was. And I guess it went well. Um, I, I haven't picked it up out of my mailbox yet, but apparently there's the, uh, the new Gan- I get the Gananoque reporter sent to me every week. So I can see which of my friends is selling good real estate, uh, and then I uh, and right, he's made the front page as you would expect. There you go. Yeah, he actually beat out the uh, the rowing club. That's for <laughs> That's front page uh, for front page space on uh, on the Gan Reporter. So quite the feat. But Snoop Dogg does all kinds of great stuff on the net. He's on Twitter all the time. I don't mm-hmm. know if you follow him on Twitter. Uh, I think I do. And he does I all kinds do, yeah. of crazy Ustream things. That was the mm-hmm. first thing I couldn't believe. Like you know, he's like, "Yo, I'm live on Ustream." And you click it, and then there's Snoop Dogg, and he's sitting in his fucking like bedroom playing records, and you're putting in requests, and he's playing them on his stereo and smoking joints and singing along, and that was all he was doing. So this is where okay, this is where I've now turned into a luddite, as much of a Twitter fiend as I am, and that sort of thing. So I'm guessing UStream is like YouTube, except it's live streaming video. UStream, and audio. I only saw it through him. It's kind of yeah. Okay, so yeah, we actually did stream one episode. We did. That's of, right. Yeah, of the TV podcast I remember on that. Ustream. Oh, that was Ustream. That it was we either did that. Ustream or Stick'em, which okay. is just this two different sites of doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Which is just uh, you plug in your webcam and up it goes. Right. Live audio video. That's great technology, and it's a shame that we wasted it on Brian Hope. <laughs> That's what I thought. was. That Brian's episode. Yeah, it <laughs> that was. was Brian's episode. We didn't have anybody come by and watch. No, we didn't. No. Not one. And then we had a bet on that. I think it was like what ten bucks, twenty bucks, or something like that. Maybe. Yes, and you lost. As I recall, um, we should do that again, maybe. Well, here and now, like, above the pub now, we got. Well, I don't there's any internet, wireless or otherwise. We're and we're in a lead box. That's the other thing. Yeah. That we get very few bars here, so I doubt we do. do and trying to get the guys at McVeigh's to try and get in the internet. <laughs> yeah, you have that conversation with old Jimmy and see how that goes. We want to bring in the internet. Is that still around? No. It, yes. It's yes. You got quite a bit on the internet. You got a lot of YouTube videos. Tons. Up. I've only got a little bit of. of I've only got a couple of videos on YouTube. You're very, the, you're very Googleable. I am, like, I, yeah, kind of. I got all kinds of weird links, but it's amazing right. how little. The the one that I saw that, that kind of uh, tweak my um, uh, tweak my eye was the Lick Ninja that you had on Nuts TV. <laughs> God, what yeah. was that? Well, there, I did two things. I did one on. I did two things uh, of English television. Right. One was for so Paramount. when was this? First of all, this would. Oh God! Hey Cheryl. Can you remember the dates? This is one thing about pot that does it destroys right. the the calendar of your brain. All right, so there. So last year, year and a half ago. year and a half ago. So I did two things. I did that nuts TV thing, and that was filmed really cool. I was filmed in like a place way smaller than this, maybe okay. twenty, thirty people. And then I did one for Paramount in like a little theater. Like mm-hmm. it was really good, four camera shoot type of thing. Oh, but wow. I can't put oh, yeah. any of that Paramount stuff on the net. It gets taken down immediately, and unfortunately, because they own the, the rights to it. Or yeah, they don't um, want it on the net. They want. I think they. I don't know what they want to do with it. To be quite honest, but it's your IP. I can't. They'll just rip it down. And other people start, like other people in England, they take certain songs of mine or different things that would appear on the the Paramount one. Because I also did freaky stuff on the Paramount one. It wasn't just the songs. Like I did the the weirder theatrical shit too. So people were ripping some of that and putting it up onto onto YouTube and then Mm -hmm. they'd get taken down. Right. 
Yeah. But yeah. So, so how did you get hooked up with these guys? Like, was this part of like a UK tour you were doing? Yeah, or? no, I originally went over with, on tour with Tony Lee, the hypnotist. Okay. And I went to play uh, universities. And uh, when I went there, um, I got hooked up with an agent. And then I just nailed a couple showcases right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And then quite literally, like in th- like the first three, like three weeks I was there, I started getting festivals, television, all the crap I can't get at all right. in Canada. Yeah. And I kept jumping the hurdles too. <laughs> I can't play hen parties or like bridal showers in England. Why is that, do you think? I don't know. It's different than Canadian <laughs> ones. They I like me in Canada. Lick Ninja would put you right at the top of that list in that sort of you would, uh, thing. Yeah, but that's, that's one small, like that's only two minutes of the act and then the rest of it's dastardly. So it doesn't, you know. You have been to the UK using words like dastardly. Well, that's the thing. The UK is a, a fantastic, the audiences are fantastic when they're good. And then right. when they don't like you, they really, really hate you. This is the thing I found about the UK, actually. And, and maybe it was just specific to the Edinburgh Festival. If they didn't like a comic, they were just silent. Like I was, they, they would just, they wouldn't say anything. They just, do this clapping thing too, where yeah. they will just clap you right off the stage if they don't. Yeah. And oh, it really? depends on where you play. Like I did the leads in the Reading Music Festivals. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> right? Are you kidding me? Yeah, like crazy. Like a side stage or like yeah, the main? Yeah, I did the alternative. Okay. There was okay. the alternative stage, which okay. I was on. And then you literally you had your stage and then, of course, across the field, Nine Inch Nails and them were playing and all right. that stuff, right? You know, they always have the multiple mm-hmm. stages. But the Leeds Festival, when I played, there was like 50 people in the tent for 1,000. That was it. Mm-hmm. And they just hated me. And it was me <laughs> literally screaming at them, them yelling back. That was my whole set. It was just us hating each other and then me leaving. That's Reading really was good. different. It was 1,000 <laughs> people that were there for it. And I was able to like – You play. had 1,000 people that were yelling at you. No, no, at Reading it was all good. They were oh, all okay. it. it was 50 bad people or whatever in Leeds that hated me. Well, yeah. Hated me. It is Leeds, though. It wasn't their fault, though. I mean, <laughs> you can't do comedy in a tent where you're like... Sure you can. 100 feet away. Oh, buck up, little camper. Of course yeah, you hello, do. everybody. <laughs> it's you've ideal. Got a, you've got a song about heckling, right? Or a heckling uh, response? I did. I had a song, uh, I Salute You. I couldn't be the one I'm thinking of. I used to sing. I used to do all kinds of things. If people didn't like me, I wouldn't take any shit. Right. If I, as long as I wasn't screwing around. If I was on stage, if I felt like I was on stage masturbating and not giving them, mm-hmm. you know, a full show, then okay, give me shit. But, but if you're like putting it out there and like hammering it at them, <laughs> right? And, and it's tested like, stuff too. Yeah. It's not yeah. just this. Like, it's like I've done this a lot. Yeah. And it's this worked. song does work. Right. And so let's actually let's talk about that for a second because well, let's let's take a break. Let's listen are to we a song. A break? Do you want to listen to a song? Yeah. Which one are we gonna listen to? Yeah, we'll find out when we get back. Uh, <laughs> all right then. was Terry Clement with the OCD Blues. We figured out what song that is finally here on episode 154 of the TVA podcast above the pub here at McVeigh's. We've got Darcy Finderman on the uh, the board again. Yeah, still here. Good. 
we didn't lose you. And Terry Clement. Hello. Good to have you back. Hello. Um, I meant to ask you because because uh, obviously with the song stuff like that, whenever I see you at like open mics and stuff like that, you're using that as the element of a showcase to like try out songs or you know brush up on other ones. When you're doing like a long form, like when you're doing like mm-hmm. a full headliner set, are you? Because I remember back in the day, you used to be more stand up oriented. Yeah, I know. This is years ago, and then it's all musical. Music came in now. Are you doing like a lot? Like, is it all music now, or like like how how do you break it up, and how do you find that? Distinction. There's about a, a now I'd say about a four or five song section okay. in the show, right? And then all the rest of it is more audio cues and weird theatrical stuff that I've been that kind of stuff. Such as well, the turtle thing, mm-hmm. dream sequences. Okay, those so kind of things. so uh, what's the describe the turtle thing for the listener who? Uh, well, the turtle one is a hard that uh, hard thing, hard thing to describe, really. Unless you you have to look to it, look at it on YouTube, really. If I describe it, it won't it won't work. It's a guy standing on stage. Basically, I ask for a um, a little echo on the mic, mm-hmm. and it's a short story I'm going to recite called Turtle Watching. Mm-hmm. And this beat starts, and then I start moving my body in this crazy way along with it, and I'm reciting this story. And the story is very dirty, kind of absurd, but then at a certain point, I move away from the mic, and the voice is talking, so it's lip-sync the whole time, right. I come back into it, and it all flows into the next bits. All mm. the bits flow into each other, call yeah. each other back. I based a lot of the act, current act on the Smile album by Brian Wilson. Okay. The, the, if anybody out there <laughs> knows about that album, mm-hmm. and how things, uh, you know, verses from one song become the chorus of the next, that kind of thing. Right. I tried tying it, kind of applying that to my act. Mm-hmm. Because that makes it that makes it really tight and really engaging. It makes people have to pay attention because well, I give people get programs. That what I, when people come to see my full like if I go to see a, a headlining show, I'll send I'll give them a program that says straight out like it's not a stand up show. It's it's more of a theatrical presentation. So mm-hmm. if you heckle me, you're going to be a real dick. Because <laughs> when you watch this, it's going to be obvious I put some effort into it. Do people still heckle at that point? No, you know what? And it worked like a charm. I literally cool. the, they'd heckle the other guys mercilessly sometimes because they know. Oh fuck, right? the next guy's coming up. I better get them in now. They'd announce That's... me, and you could hear a pin drop. It was like, oh shit, it's a fucking theater thing. Wow, nice. they're doing you know making wrestlers fuck and doing dirty <laughs> stuff. You know, real high art, but yeah. So the, the tur- turtle story that's on YouTube. So um, right. maybe we'll put a link in the show put a notes. Link in the show notes to the turtle, the turtle thing. The banana was always the one. Describe, yeah, he's still on there. The, describe the banana. The banana. That, is that one the, I uh, love. Banana is a. That's one of it. Almost like an inside uh, comedy joke. Comedians like that more than. But mm-hmm. it's surprising how many audiences. I kept on that bit when I first started it. No one liked it. Except comedians, right? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I loved it. Audiences didn't. Audiences would kind of look at me. Uh-huh. But I just, for some reason, I just kept doing it, which normally I wouldn't. I would just say, okay, they don't like it's it, I'll working, move on. Yeah. But I just kept doing it, and slowly, there's not anything, there's really no difference, and mm-hmm. now they seem to like it. Right. I don't so know. now, dis- describe the bit. We've, we've gone this far. We don't do bits on the show, but at least you can describe the bit. Well, the I bring up a, a banana it. as a special guest on mm-hmm. the show. Right. And then I leave the stage and he tells a bunch of horrible jokes. And he's sitting on a stool. Right. Sitting on a stool with an appropriately heighted mic. Right. As I recall. We and should then, say at this moment that uh, next week we're having the banana on as our guest. That's <laughs> right. right. <laughs> he could have been He better something. be fucking good. That's all I'm saying. But he's not. That's the point. Right. He's a terrible comedian. I come on, I fight with him, and then he accuses me of trying to rip off Andy Kaufman from earlier in the act. Right. Because I actually do a bit very early on that if, if you know Andy Kaufman, you'd be watching this going, oh, he stole this off of Andy Kaufman. You should be thinking that if you know who he is. Right. Hopefully. And then the banana calls me on it, and then you should be able to sit there and go, oh, he did that on purpose. Some people still uh-huh. don't. They just still go, oh, he's trying to rip off Andy Kaufman. Well, yeah, I did. Right. One bit. The banana will tell you later, folks. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we do call shenanigans on ourselves. And you eventually eat the banana. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And then it morphs into like, it, the, I don't want to, you, you have to see the whole thing. There's more bits. that all connects now. Right. How how arduous is that? Like because like like building out like building out a long show when you've got all kinds of jokes. It's fun. Like when, when you're when you're just when you're just doing straight stand up without the songs and, and like trying to make that very integrated package. I find it hard enough. Like oh, I got this. How can I tie this into that? And sometimes the the segues are really tenuous. But like to build out a show, like you must it must frustrate you to go in my current set. I got this great song and I can't shoehorn it in anywhere right. like, the, like the injection of one thing can cause a ripple effect throughout the entire show right that so you must be building in your head like are you are you finding like when you get that that one segment you're doing you're touring that for a while are you working on related material that will allow you 
to build out a second show or third show, or how do you how do you make those breaks? Well, sometimes uh, sometimes the material comes out of the mat- pre-existing material. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I have one bit, and I think, okay, this should lead into this. Right. Often, or other times, I'll have two completely separate bits, right. and I think, how do I get these? I love these two bits. How do I get these two bastards to work together? Right. Well, I have to make a third bit. That's that kind the of glue goes, in between the two. Right, and, and it's like songwriting. I can't. I don't really know how to write songs and any set, technical thing, but listening to enough songs, I could figure out. You know, sometimes if you went from a verse to, a, you could put a bridge to go into a chorus. Right. Right. I could figure that out. And you can do the same thing with comedy. You go, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to have to build a, a bridge here between the two bits. Mm-hmm. And that bridge sometimes can become a bit itself. Right. And so, it's no different than stand-up, except I'm doing it in an acting way. But I, I would think it's, it's harder in that you've got, you've got a theme or a premise for a song. And if you come up with another theme or a premise, premise of a song, these are like two, three-minute chunks as their own. Mm-hmm. To then have to go, oh, God, now I got to build another two or three minutes. Maybe I need two of them. So now it's just like it seems like this never-ending cycle of shit. Maybe that's going to spawn something, and now I got to figure that out. And it's it's it just seems you're well, doing a lot of work for a stoner. That's what I'm saying here. Well, that's, that's the, the whole point, though. You got to get up and do it. You got to yeah. you got to do it. It should be the whole thing for me is like the the order is so so important mm-hmm. as you're saying, and I can't fuck around with it. Mm-hmm. So I have to be kind of absolute about it. I have to. I I know this is what I'm going to do. I, so I can give out the programs and right. list my or, bits in order. I'm not going to. So you actually give them the list. It's oh, I tell them like what a... I'm going to do. Here's the show. That's cool. And but I mean, <laughs> I if you don't really know the bits, you know, right. you're going to see banana bit redux, and you're going to go, "What the hell What's is that?" Well, I'm pretty sure when you see a stool with a banana on it, you can go, "Oh, this is where we are now." Over here. Yeah. Oh, okay, I see. Unless there's there's something <laughs> else. Turtle. Well, I didn't understand that. Okay, so we'll keep okay, that. But they do sometimes they get confused and you have to so how how do you find like the different audiences react to this sort of long form because we can mm-hmm. talk we can talk about the western tour we can talk about like the the rooms you've done out there because this was my first impression just in the Calgary laugh shop because uh, I ended up hosting there the first night that I was there, which was great because I get to play with the crowd a bit and figure out what will probably work when I middle the next night and I can go okay they're going to want to see this type of material I didn't do this, but it will probably fit into that and i could I could build out my twenty minutes based on that but i will say this both nights they came into that calgary room and just kind of sat there for a bit and i really had to work them hard mm. to host the shit out of them for the middle act to take them off again and then the headliner had everything under control by that point for the for the friday show but that first time like i came off i was like all sweating because i was just like <laughs> yeah. i was like i just they didn't have energy so i had to inject it into them so i was just like I was crazy, Todd, at that point. And it, it worked out because the headliner turned me and goes, I wish you were hosting the night that I recorded my CD. And I went, that's a nice compliment. I'll yeah, take that. Yeah, it's always a good compliment. I'll take that. <laughs> and that man went on to win Canada's top new comic from XM Radio. Well, there you it's go. It's Brian Stollery. Well, there, oh, hey, I did stuff Brian with Brian Stollery. You know what, Brian Stollery? They, good shows of Brian Stollery out west uh-huh. that they booked with me in the middle, uh, Jason Rouse headlining, and mm-hmm. Brian Stollery as the MC. Yep. Which you would... What a weird mix! But Brian is so straight and so yep. like such like almost like a teacher type presence yes, that he is. it was wonderful. Him coming off, yep. bouncing off of me and Jason, he was uh-huh. like the outraged parent the whole time. It yes. worked very very well. <laughs> it was it was it was very cool working with him because I actually got to see him. He hosted the next night, headlined the first night, and hosted the next night. And watching him come out and do that. And, and, and do that performance and, 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 and see the shift and how he was doing it. It was ba- like it's all the same jokes, but you're addressing the, the audience in a very different manner. Right. As, as well you should. He still, he still does that, uh, the questioning. Because you don't lose that from hosting, sadly, like in a longer set. You're like, you're not, you're not asking like who's from out of town, but you're asking questions like, you know, who likes this? Oh shit, right? Okay, so just you know, carry on with that. But Brian like <laughs> held it together and just was a fantastic guy to work with. Everyone mm-hmm. on that weekend was uh, Kevin Sto- uh, Stobo. Oh yeah, great, guy Kevin too. Stobo, and uh, James Ball was the middle act on the first night. I don't think I've met him. Uh, new guy, I guess, newish so, to the to the scene out there. A, he did a great middle spot. Uh, play it out but uh, Kevin Kevin I noticed was um, this guy that I, I attribute it to like a like a like an Andrew Gross type comic and I see it very indicative of Western comics which is I guess when you're playing the rooms which we'll talk about in a second mm-hmm. which are just very bam need to be a joke need to be a joke bam like the type of guy that when you're doing longer form setups makes you want to rewrite everything you do just so you're getting more laughs per minute Right, and that's and like they just come out with like a gut, like a gatling, a bam, bam. There's a joke, there's a joke, there's a joke. Like you don't give the audience a chance to breathe because if you do, they'll breathe and yell "fuck you" or something. Like they're just yeah, they're it, it's very intense, but it's it's fun to watch. Now, 
even when I middle, when I was doing the, like the, the longer form setups, I was noticing that everyone was quiet. So at least, okay, I know I got them. They're, they're listening. So I'm okay there. But uh, Brian was great. He, uh, uh, when we left the weekend, I said, you know, give me a list of the rooms you're doing. I'll give you the heads up on what sort of things you can expect. Mm-hmm. And he sent me this great list of like, okay, this room, forget about it. And then this room, because I'm starting in, so let's, let's see wh- where the overlap is between us. I start, I land, uh, I fly out at 6 or in the morning on a Tuesday, end up in Lethbridge. Yeah, yeah. So what do you know about Lethbridge? I don't well, know what the room yeah, is. If it's the same venue, like we were talking earlier, if it's the same venue, that I, they're going to have to have changed the, the room order mm-hmm. like around. Because originally they had the stage about three feet from the bar, facing the bar, right. with the audience on the wings, mm-hmm. completely on the wings. Okay. So no face, you're not facing the audience, you're facing to, empty chairs and, bottle, and bottles. To a smaller extent, that is almost the layout of the Richmond Club at Yucks, if you move that wall forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? bit, because no, you have yeah. that atrium at the side and then that larger area mm-hmm. to the stage left. Which I thought I always thought that was a weird setup for that room. Well, I think a box is always the best setup for me personally. Right. Like I love the Rivoli's. For me, for my my act, the Rivoli is probably the greatest setup mm-hmm. on earth because the stage is high and it's got the big, big goddamn screen yeah. and great sound and all the rest mm-hmm. of it. Like that's what I would love, and it's dingy and grungy and yeah. I love it. And you fit really well into that. I mean, I like, can you, fit like into you, that you, grungy. You, you always can can tell that you're having fun. Yeah, I with do. It. But that's the thing too is I like I do the the Yuck Yucks Club is awesome too just because of the different clientele. It's a yes. completely different clientele. Uh-huh. And each Yuck Yucks is different too. I mean it'll be no different than Laugh Shop. I mean each club has a different clientele. Yeah. I mean absolute is the same thing. I'm sure they have a completely different clientele than a, a Yuck Yucks. They Yuck. do. It's it's weird how you tailor that like you're going into a Friday or Saturday night show knowing these guys paid for entertainment. Like they want to, they'll give you the love, but you got to work for it. Like yeah. they're not going to take any shenanigans. They want it to be very polished and visible. okay, fine, we'll do that. I won't play as much. Wednesday and Thursday, you get the playing out of your head, you know, and then Friday is like, okay, we'll just stick with the set list tonight, shall we? You know, very little crowd work and then you just kind of play off. So that's, so I'm doing Lethbridge. <laughs> this is crazy inside baseball, by the it way. It varies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It varies. Uh, then I do Saskatoon. Which I've heard is really good. Yeah, yes, not for me. I am probably okay. the Marilyn Manson of Saskatoon. Really, playing the same place. Yes, you I wear was, fake tits. I do sometimes. Nice. I do only when masturbating. Okay, but uh, they, uh, yeah, it was a horrifying experience for me there. Uh, they were literally booing and really just horrified by me. I nope. forget who I was with actually, and they saved the day. It might have been Stollery actually. I uh-huh. can't remember, but they liked them, but they hated me. And it was was it just the songs or the content of the songs? I or they were way too offensive. You? Really? Way, way too offensive. Now, on the flip side of that, Regina, which was tacked on to that. Right. I don't know if you're going to play that. I close on Regina. Okay, now Regina, Regina was like rock, like a rock and roll type of environment. Completely okay. the flip side of that. Like, you same style. Ah, would right. get cheered and screamed. Uh, yes. Getting <laughs> chased around. And, okay. And the other, you got chased around? Well, I'm just saying that figuratively. Oh, okay. We ran away. I mean, there's, there's some places. <laughs> we ran away. There's, there's a difference there. I was thinking, I'm going to bring my runners. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That, this is that to that gig, or there was one with Rouse, and I can't remember. It might have been This might have been Lethbridge. I might be confusing mm-hmm. them, but there was literally one where Ron and Jason is on stage going, get the car, Terry, start the car. <laughs> and I then do more jokes, get the car to the fucking front. Right. And then as soon as you, good night, and then bang, out the door we go, and gone. Really? Gone. Whole, gone, baby, gone. Yep. Um, what can you say about Grand Prairie? <laughs> That's the response <laughs> Grand I Grand Prairie has a get-her-done Thursdays okay. when you pull into town. Now, the first night that I played uh, in Grand Prairie, it was a two-nighter. And the first night, I went on, and it was an oil rigger convention. Mm-hmm. And um, some guy, I, Lachlan Patterson was hosting, and he asked some guy in the front, um, what do you do? And the guy yells up some racial slur. I, I can't even remember. And it had nothing to do with anything. It was just like some racial slur. And the whole place claps and laughs. And I, I didn't beat see this. Indians. Yay. Yeah, what? Like but, well, okay. But ugly. Apparently horrible. And then when uh, even uglier and horrible. And he left. I go on. And I think I didn't know this. And I start playing with this guy all night. Like we're buddy buddies and friends right. and stuff like this. And this is, of course, I felt horrible. But that's that's Grand Prairie. You painted yourself as a whore very quickly, and one of the last times I drank myself to puking was right. in after that show. I just couldn't handle it. I'm like, oh my god, oil riggers. But once again, if you've got my act, you've seen like you know how fucking crazy my act is. Uh-huh. So to put it in this kind of a place isn't well. How did they react? To the, how did they react to the program? 
Well, I'm I didn't do the that's... program in Grand Prairie because we were flipping and flopping. I was it was tacked on to Grand Prairie and Fairview. Right now, Fairview was one of the greatest like horrible gigs in the entire country that you could do. <laughs> I only ever did it once. Now, here's what happened. The first night, I'm going on to introduce Lachlan. He's going to go on after me. I come on. I got my guitar. All I'm going to do is songs. Right? I'm not even going right. to fuck around. Just songs. Just songs. I come on, and some guy spills a drink in his wife's uh, crotch, and she jumps up and goes, you son of a bitch! And he yells, shut your mouth, whore! <laughs> and so I go... I didn't realize my parents were out there. Right. That's, that's and interesting. I, okay. I said something to the effect of that, the only way you're ever going to get her wet is by spilling a drink at her cunt. <laughs> The first line on my mouth. Hey, we get to use the headline there. We oh. get to use the, we had the C-bomb. Right. Uh, no, these are my favorite episodes because we get to use the, the warning at the front of the episodes. Great. Okay. Anyway. There you go. So, there so uh, If yeah. anyone's wondering why we put that at the front of this episode, there it is. Right there. But these people, I'm playing songs and they're dancing. They get up, they start dancing with each other. They're having the greatest time, mm-hmm. but they're not like, you know, I bring up Lachlan. There's a fist fight that breaks out beside me, and I miss, once again, I miss it, but some guy threatens to get his gun and shoot Lachlan. What? While I, but I missed it because of the fist fight. Huh. And this is like a fairly regular occurrence in Fairview. So, okay, so the list of things I now have to take on this trip but is, Grand Prairie, is you're now getting have... longer. I need sneakers and some sort of Kevlar. Bulletproof yeah. vest of some, some sort. Kevlar would be great. Now, Grand Prairie's fine and dandy so long as, you know, it depends on the audience. One of the other shows were fine there. Right. So that's what I hear. I mean, like it's right. it's, it's kind of like you don't know what you're going to get. Right. It's like the. It's never the city. I don't. I, this is always the thing. Like I hate. I don't like ever talking bad about a city right. because, for instance, the Yuck Yucks in Vaughn, the club is is ran really well. Mm-hmm. The the people in Vaughn, for the most part, are usually fine. Anytime I've ever been in Vaughn, they're nice yeah. people. But the people that come out to those clubs hate me. Yeah. Just hate me. <laughs> and it's like I don't know why. It's that one particular club. I yeah. can play the other ones and it's fine. But that club, they hate me. Everyone wow. has their bugbear, and uh, what was mine for the longest while? You know what it was uh, actually for for quite a bit of time was the Riv. Well, yeah, sometimes it was, it's horrible. It was it was it was just like there are some nights where you go up and everything's great. Like because I find with that room, you don't know where to go with it. Like you think it says Alt Dot Comedy Lounge. Like you think okay, it's the alternative, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and this is cool, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna craft some edgy shit, and I'm gonna be clever, and I can just picture applause breaks, and everything's gonna be great. <laughs> and I do the first two jokes to crickets, and nothing, just blank stares, and then I go okay, let's try a poop joke, and then I get an applause right. break. And I'm like you people. I know, I know. I just don't know how to read you ever. And it varies. It varies once again. It varies during the night. Right. There. Like, they'll, they'll be right into the, like, the, the kind of edgy stuff, and then someone else will try it, boo, and then they'll let, bring it up to the poop level, and the poop level will be there for a while, and then boo, and then we got to go back to abortion jokes, and then that goes, and then I don't know. Well, there's lots of people that won't play it because they don't think it's got, like, a real, you don't get a real reaction. It's Because ne- it, it's different than mainstream audiences. It's right. a different reaction. But I think it's a valid, od- it's just as valid an audience yes. as any other. Yes. This is the point that I hate when people are like, oh, it's not a real reaction. Well, yes, it is. Yeah, and it's a reaction. Human beings are sitting there. Yeah. They're a fucking real reaction. It is a, a okay. Did you hear real. something? That was a reaction. It's just as real as any other reaction. Yeah. But at the same point, I, I can see it. I like playing for strangers and, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, what's the other room? Uh, uh, Red Deer. Doing the Red Deer College, I think, or something. Mm, that might that be fancy. Right. Might be. <laughs> uh, I'm going to drink with my pinky up. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to expect. But That'll endear you to lots of people. So, so uh, there aren't very many places in this in this country you haven't done. What what stands out in your head as like the, the place where they just get you completely? Like, like, is there a particular city or province or mm. is there a mentality or how does that work for you? Well, I've seen it with other comics even more, uh, more than me even. Like, mm-hmm. I, to answer me, I would say, like, I usually do well in Kingston. I do well in uh, Kingston, the club, Time for la- time to Laugh. Yeah, I yeah, do yeah. well because, the once again, the stage is high, yeah. giant screen, all the rest. I, I, I did a medicinal marijuana show there once for Howard Dover, which right. was great. And I asked to, if I could come back, and they said, "Sure, you can." When are you going to sign for Yucks? I go, "Oh, I see how this works yes, now." Yes, okay, yes, it's definitely booked through the Yucks. It is, yes. Um, yeah. But funny well, business, funny, funny business, funny will, business. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Is there a separation? But then anyways, the the, chair, the, uh, the stage was is fantastic. I do well there. Kitchener, I do well. Yeah. Um, but other guys like Steinberg, I did all, all most of the clubs with John Steinberg, mm-hmm. and I found that the difference between here. As he was building, I don't know if he just got getting better and better and better, and then he yeah. went out west and he kind of toughened himself up and stuff. Right. But when we went out east in eastern Canada, yeah. they treated him like a god. Like Ooh. I'm talking, like the way he should, like he reactions to his jokes, the way I always feel they should be, like applause yeah. breaks, like almost after everyone. Yeah. It was incredible. 
I've never seen a comic more embraced in comparison. Mm-hmm. Like, like a shift, like a huge shift. It's it's wonderful when that happens too. Like when like when it's just like you you don't know what that reaction time is going to be based on. And if it's your first time out there, and just to see someone, I get I, I get the feeling in John's case, it probably was kind of a combination of the two, Damn. like being being more like you know, it's definitely his writing because his writing is so solid. He's such an entertaining fellow to watch, um, and then. To have him sort of build and, and and grow some scabs out on the Western tour, knowing how to react then when you go out east and then well I've worked with him now here and he's like once again I mean he's improved that's one thing about con- you work with guys all the time you see them improving right mm-hmm. you know some guys are rapid and mm-hmm. then there's guys that have been in this for fucking ever and yeah. you see them and like someone like Stuart Francis who's great and then you see him and it's like I I didn't see him for six months and I saw him and you know to put an arbitrary number it's like twenty percent better yeah. Than he was, and he's been doing this for like twenty yeah. years or something. It's ridiculous. Everyone grows, you know. Everyone grows. I mean, like it's. Uh, I, I'm finding not even, everyone grows. What was that at me? <laughs> was that at me? That was not a dig. I'm just saying that, that there's, there's comics who don't grow and don't develop. Like, right. Don't give a shit. They get their. They get they their, their forty five minutes. They get their forty five, and, and then they're done. See, I'm. I'm not. In fact, I'm finding the stuff that I'm writing right now is very different from the stuff that got me to where I'm to the point now where I can write it. And well, so, do you notice that too? Like if, when that disc I made. Most of the songs on that are old as shit. Mm-hmm. Like volume two is going to have volume two and volume three. I've literally I've almost got two more volumes ready to go. Right. Oh wow. Of newer stuff, but that stuff I don't like most of it. No. To be quite honest with you, because it's stuff I wrote. Yeah. Like seven years ago. Yeah. Like I have a song on there, reduced rack horror that everyone loves uh-huh. that I've been playing since I started. Mm-hmm. Wow. So ten years I've been playing that song, right. and I still you ever played screw it up last the notes. Weekend. No, it's three chords. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's the, let's plug the CD then. It's yeah, let's talk about this. So, uh, so what's the name of the CD? Sex, Death, and Whimsy. Now, now this is part one, volume it's, one. Yeah, volume one. What's part two going to be? Still, Sex, Death, and Whimsy. Okay, All you're just going to go part two. Yeah, very. Why boring. the title? Because uh, Darcy and I were having this debate. Why? Why did you pick that particular title? I was writing on uh, a thingy, a show, and we realized from all the sketches that I, I was putting in, all of them, they were either about sex. Death, or they were like G-rated, whimsical right. type of things. I don't seem to write anything other than graphic sex, graphic death, or bunnies, or G-rated <laughs> stuff. It's either sex, death, or whimsy. So right. I was like, "Well, that's what I'll name uh, something I do." All right. So you're I not a it. fan of Sally uh, Sally Mann's uh, uh, photography. No, I wouldn't. And her know book. That. Uh, ah, this is the most interesting coincidence we have ever had on this podcast. Darcy, sell it. What is it? All right. So here, I, I just you know, I googled the the album because I'm looking for a place to buy it. It's not available for no, sale no, no. online. Okay. <laughs> Did you no. notice that chastise? It's not available online. Prick. That was the subtext. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Get that shit on iTunes. So I looked it up. There's actually a quote in in uh, Sally Mann's um, book. Uh, I think what remains, maybe. Um, but it's something her father said. It's in the first chapter, and it says the th- the three avenues for artistic expression are sex, death, and whimsy. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so I thought you, you lifted it. Oh, you <laughs> fucking thief! That's awesome. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I would have named the album after that. Of all, the, okay, sex and death, I could totally see. But how do you get whimsy? Well, you hear sex, and just death, and whiskey that. and stuff. Like I think it's almost like I'm, I'm thinking I'm playing like on words in my own head. Because I've heard of stuff like, you know, you hear something, something in whiskey. It's always something, something three, yeah. So can I, okay, can I forward this as an idea as to how this happened? The original thought was sex, death, and whimsy. So unless she stole it from someone, maybe that was her original thought. Well, she stole it from her dad. Oh, did you? Okay. Well, she actually gave him credit in the book. But it's credited. And if you can steal anything, you can steal from your dad, who hasn't lifted 20 (laughs) bucks from his wallet once in a while. You can steal fucking three words. So... It takes sex, death, and whimsy. Yeah. Someone bastardized that to sex, death, and let's say whiskey. That got in your head and go, well, actually, why not sex, death? So it just Could sort of be. came back that way, maybe. Well, there's Somebody's no like, original thought. Broken telephone. It, it, what that's saying. what I'm saying. Broken it's telephone just... <laughs> without a, you know, Darcy's gay at the end of it or something. <laughs> um, so so how, how long has it been out? Oh, God, I don't know. Just a couple months, probably. I've just been selling it after gigs, and I'm going to stick it online like as a mixtape. Because on your, your right. MySpace page right now, and maybe you'll change this on the weekend, so by the time this comes out, it says, coming soon. The album is coming soon. And I also looked up something, in, and it was on another post and that you had said, it's coming soon, but that was April of... 2008. There's quite so literally, I recorded... Do you not remember that stoners don't have good calendar time? Is this... <laughs> no, I recorded so too much. I, I recorded something like 30 songs, mm-hmm. and I think I picked 12, I think, out of it. But I just right. kept recording and covers and stuff, too. Because I don't know how to play music or record it mm-hmm. or any of this. So all it was was me just 
saying I can do this right. and then learning it as I go. Now this is this album it's recorded at home or in studio. All it's, at home. it's not it's not a it's not a live album so people aren't going to be And it's all on going. broken equipment. And that's no lie. Every piece of equipment was broken. Like everything was broken. Was my that mic, a conscious choice? Stands, you, yeah. At one you, point, you, I thought I can't use it if it's not. At like, this point, I got to keep it conceptual. Did you buy new shit and then just like snap? No, it? everything. It? Like even my mics, I used a guitar stand and I just taped the mic to the stand and that kind of wow. shit. Wow. I, I all, listened to some of the stuff on your MySpace page, and it, the production value is quite high. It's for, all done in a in a apartment next to a highway. Like if you listen to it really <laughs> carefully, sometimes you'll hear a truck. And I, anytime an ambulance or something would go, I'd take that. I would stop. I wouldn't put any ambulances. No sorrow or anybody's Come tragedy. Come on. No, because sometimes you could hear it. That leads it, it into fits. the death song really nicely. Yeah, but it's somebody's, every time you hear a siren, somebody's having a tragedy. I didn't want to put that on the record. Not necessarily. They could be hammered. They could be just getting a taxi to the that hospital. That could be it. That could be. All right. Get a taxi to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how long uh, did it take you to, to, to record it on this all this broken equipment? Well, I did like, this for years. Like, I did right. this over, that's probably why you saw. I kept saying I was going to put something out. And I have mm-hmm. released other discs in the past. Like, right. I did one called A Fistful of Bulbs, and I just tried to make money at West, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I came home, and I was like, I hate this thing and i threw out like a thousand this is back when people bought cds you know right, right. Like, no one gives a shit about that now so i just i'm home burning these ones because i don't really care i right. just want to get them out as an mp3 mm-hmm. but but you, st- you still so you bring them around for shows like they'll be yep. available if they come out and see you but yeah you want to try and you said you want to give it away or something like yeah that? really like once i get the the second volume of this thing done i'm going to put it all on i'm going to start putting it on online like the way you can do like mixtapes and stuff so people can just download it for free how about, can I suggest that you sort of, um, you release it as a podcast? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you know I was going to say that? It, we, when you, every how, how problem many, to you looks like a podcast. Okay, how many, how many, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a, every problem. I can fix this with a podcast. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, how many tracks do you get? I, do you think well, in the I, can? Oh, God, how many all together? Well, on this thing, there's 12, but I don't know how many are in the. So 12 off the top, and then two at and least, three. There'll be at least, like, 20 other songs will come out within the next okay. half a year. I say you do something like Jonathan Colton and you release one a week and you put it in a podcast form. People subscribe to it. They can search for it and find it in iTunes and they just automatically once a week to get the new one until right. they've got them all. And then once they're all out, then you can release them as a as a collection of, of albums. Right. I could. And you take away the once a week stuff. You take that away and then you charge for it. Right. So they want to catch up. They, they get, like So if they come on board and they get the third disc or whatever. Right. They want to get the first and second. Then I just they don't know people now, buy it. And now he's yeah. got to go out there and find a broken ISP, and that isn't going to be easy to find. And what? <laughs> someone that's going to house it. It's all broken equipment. He's got to find someone that's going to like screw something up. I don't think know? he has to carry it that far. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anything I, that, you that's keep a lesson learned. with the theme. You keep with the theme severely. All right, so we host it on uh, your site. <laughs> yeah, fine. Fair enough. Yeah, I got tons of space. I got hosting. I'll host it. Yeah. Wait, you got hosting through me, you bastard. No, I actually have my own hosting now. What? Rudy Radio? I'm not, that's not on your back. What? My personal website is. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> my other podcast, RudyRadio.com. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, I got my own. Uh, and NetFirms, another plug for NetFirms.ca. Yes. Good hosting. Very good hosting. Yeah. They, do, uh, they do wonderful work for both of us. That's something you might want to look into. Yeah, the I've done no sponsor internet. this week, NetFirms.ca. Yeah. Make sure you go there. Uh, we, we should close off. We got a uh, show to do. You're yep. uh, staying behind and performing. That's I will. going to be fantastic tonight. Um... Web presence, uh, other your uh, your MySpace. <laughs> he giggled. Yeah, your yeah. very out of out of date MySpace. You're on the Twitter. I've been so busy. That's good. So busy trying to prepare material and stuff. I haven't done any. I went, kind of went into hibernation. I just didn't pay any attention to the net, and it's it's so important. Yeah. For if if you looked me up on the net, I'm a dirty songsmith. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. You know, I've, that's you all I'm going to probably do tonight, anyways. <laughs> as well. But you know, there's it's, it's five songs in my act. The rest is everything right. Else. So have you have you uh, have you got plans to like like create like more of a like a more anchored web presence? Or are you just going to? Oh yeah, the, absolutely. I'm going to yeah. go with the website, and I'm definitely I've, I'm starting to crank. I got all the video things. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to compile, so mm-hmm. I can kind of release them slowly and build and mm-hmm. yep. stuff like that. Could I suggest netfirms.ca? Netfirms. I'm just I'm throwing that out there as an option. Um, what's your Twitter handle? It's just Terry Clement. Yep, just no Terry Clement. Or anything like that. Yep. And uh, you're good to follow. Actually, I like uh, I like your input. Uh, I believe the last tweet that you sent me was, "We're still recording on Thursday, right?" And I was like, <laughs> Something yes, like that. Yes. One of my favorites. A little bit of a plug there. Do you have a lot of followers? No, no, no not at all. I'm completely. Oh, you ignored. will after this, Boyle. You'll get I'm at least ignored. two more after this. Let me tell you. Chronically ignored. <laughs> You're on the perfect podcast. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's close off with uh, another one of your songs. Thanks for letting us go. Uh, Jay Z, yes, like yes. Jay Z, uh, H to the Izzo. 
Yep. Did I get that right? Did I pronounce that right? Because yep. my Ebonics is very poor. From Gananaque, what do you expect? Because um, it would not be a show with stoner musicians if we didn't close with a cover of a rap song right, right. on this podcast. So uh, from the Bring Back Swayze's to you. Uh, Terry, thanks again for uh, for coming down. Well, thank you for having me. It was fantastic. Darcy, once again, thank you so much for uh, doing all the technical doodads. No problem. Really. Awesome. Yeah, thank you, audience that showed up. Look at you guys. Make some noise. There, there we go. That's my one person claps. Thank you we very much. We will uh, see you next week on the TVA podcast. Oh